city, king of my country, king of my homeland, king of the filthy, king of the fallen, we living again, king of the shooters, looters, boosters, and ghettos popping, king of the past, present, future, my ancestors watching, king of the culture, king of the soldiers, king of the bloodshed, king of the wisdom, king of the ocean, king of the respect, king of the optimistic and dreamers that go and get it, king of the winners. Welcome to the Black Cast. It is I, Christian Blatt, as always. You can find me at Christian DMZ. That's just Twitter and Instagram. I don't use any of the other stuff because I don't understand it. The show itself, you can follow on Twitter at BlattCast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. Like the Blackcast on Facebook. And we have Blackcast.com for all your easy links and easy references. B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T dot C-O-M. All important to know. Joined back in studio once again, it has been far too long, the one, the only, Alexis Torres, who can be found at atorres890. Is that Twitter and Instagram? Or do you yeah, have... Yeah, I'm trying not to be one of those people that has like eight different things for their social media. Well, I try to you know, one. the godfather of Afterbuzz, Kevin Undergaro, uh, it is a pet peeve of his when somebody has like different ones. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, this one I got the underscore, yep. on that one it's first yep. name, underscore, last name. He's like, just whatever it is, even if it has to be something that you did really want just gotta go with it yeah that was actually really funny because when i first met him he was like okay if you're gonna start hosting like what's your what's your handle and i'm like oh i only have one handle he's like he's like <laughs> you're hired you're hired here we go <laughs> and uh, i'm glad i looked it up because it's a tour is 890 i mixed up the numbers and it's okay uh, but I, I, I do that all the time but i don't own. remember what the 890 was all about because it's um, not that you were born in august 1990 it, it, it that's is. oh it is that yeah. oh okay <laughs> See, I think it's that I didn't want to believe that. Yeah, just I know. because I'm a, I'm a young, I'm a young bug. Because I was in high school by 1990, so you know, it's just the things that I don't yeah. like to to realize about the world that everybody's younger than me. You know, the other Not everybody. the other two guys who are usually on the podcast, Will and Jeff, they just turned 30 in the last year. So yeah, but I turned 42. So it's like <laughs> I just you know that is still very young, sir. Well, thank you. <laughs> I pre- you know in Hobbit years, absolutely. Uh, if yeah. you want to look at it that Hello. way. Uh, but anyway, you are here uh, for a special episode about Black Panther. We did an episode about Black Panther. It was Will, Jeff, and myself. But we, of course, appreciated the movie, and we could even understand the cultural significance mm-hmm. and the relevance mm-hmm. of it, the importance of it. We talked about all of those things. But on a personal level, we could just say, like, oh, we're so glad that Martin Freeman was in the movie and represented us. Because <laughs> we felt like, finally, there was someone in the movie that we can relate to. But, the, you know, that's not to say at all that we disliked the movie because we loved it. Mm-hmm. Chadwick Boseman is great. Mm-hmm. I had seen him previously in 42, the Jackie Robinson oh, story. God. And whatever the James Brown movie was called, I always forget the name oh. of it. It's it's not called Get Out because that's a very different movie. But it's like yeah, Get Up or let, like you know that. something like that. Yeah, I and remember. I thought he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was fully prepared for a great movie, not just because of the hype machine, but because the sequences. <laughs> there was a hype machine. Yes. You know, they were building it up. Yeah. But also because of the sequences where we saw. T'Challa in Civil War. My so, king. So yeah, all of our king, you know. <laughs> but I saw you posting about it, let's just say a lot I don't know over the course of the weekend. And the thing that you said uh, mm-hmm. that I was like, you know, because I was thinking like, oh, Alexis would be someone that I want to talk to. And I'll we'll let you explain why you'd be somebody I want to talk to. <laughs> but you wrote that I think by Sunday you'd seen it four times. I have. And did you cry every time? Is I that did. what did I read? Yeah. I, so I, cried every I was time. like, well, that is what we want for the black cast. If we can get you to cry just talking about it, that'll be <laughs> I good. Mean, it might happen. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't so I, I want you to just sort of talk about your familiarity with the character Black Panther, what you first thought when you heard that he was going to get a movie, and then 
After that, then you can dive into okay, the movie yeah. itself. Because I was like, all right, because it's a long story. Uh, how much time do we have? I'm just kidding. Um, uh, sometimes the podcast can be two and a half hours. Oh, so, sweet, here uh, we go. We, we've got time. <laughs> okay, we have plenty of time. Um, well, for me, I was definitely one of those people that knew of Black Panther, but I didn't read the comics. One, because... Um, no one in my family read comics at the time. I mean, my grandfather does, but he was more of a Superman. But he was very DC. He was very okay. DC-oriented. He wasn't really into Marvel. And then I didn't start getting into more Marvel, com- Marvel comics until I hit college. But at this point in time, most of my friends were white or Asian. So right. Black Panther was not in their lineup of comic books that they would show me. Um, but I knew of him. I knew who he was, where he came from, and that was about where my knowledge Yeah, and stopped. through the 90s, he was not a character that was used a lot. Uh, no. When we no, did no, no. Uh, the previous episode, no. I talked about how I remembered there was like a 25-part story in Marvel Comics Presents, which was like a, a weekly series, and it was the book was broken up into like 10-page stories. Super like cool. You'd have 10 pages of like Wolverine, mm-hmm. 10 pages of Black Panther. It was a great opportunity to kind of highlight some of their characters yeah, awesome. who maybe had, you know, sort of dropped out of prominence. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's the one story, the one standalone Black Panther story that I remember reading. Right. And I would remember he'd show up in the Fantastic Four, the Avengers. You know, I'd see him other mm-hmm. times, but I was not that familiar with him, even right up until the movie. Uh, yeah. I was not that familiar with him. Yeah, I usually looked to my now friends uh, in present form, of, um, <laughs> uh, who are all wonderful blurds, uh, black nerds that uh, informed Am me. Am I allowed to call black nerds black nerds? Is that, or is that, your, is that your word? Are no, you no, allowed no, to call yourselves call, blurds? Call, okay. I, that's just what I call our group because I call them like, you don't have, it doesn't have to be black nerds. I call them brown nerds because I'm, I'm brown, right. you know, since I'm mixed. Um, so either way. Brown, black nerds, whatever. Blurds. Uh, they they were the ones that really introduced me into that. I also had an ex-boyfriend who was really into Black Panther um, in my later years and things like that. So it was mostly just getting tidbits from everybody, but I didn't know the whole story. So I just did my own research before sure. when the movie first was announced. And I was like, oh, I'm going to look up more stuff about Wakanda and like what... Uh, it is. I knew more about Shuri actually, like oh, as the music, as the as the movie started to progress with like promos and things like that, and finding out that she was like the smartest Marvel character, period, and the fact yeah. that she's really really young and she's a black female. That's great, you know. So and she's a great character just from a from uh, an entertainment standpoint. Yeah. She was great in the movie. Yeah, she's yeah. still. Like, Black Panther is a great movie on its own, but I think Shuri made it ten times better, and that's why she's my favorite. Yeah, because movie. when you first see her, you didn't realize that Black Panther's little sister is going to be like Q from the James Bond movies, you know? And yeah, And she's, exactly. like, reinvented everything, you mm-hmm. know? And she's like, well, why don't you use why don't you use the suit that I invented for mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I thought that she was great. And she's obviously just like Black Panther himself. T'Challa. Yeah. I was not T'Challa. I was not familiar with her. You yeah. Know? I, what I really I knew, knew about was I knew that Wakanda's where vibranium came mm-hmm. from. And uh, well, actually, I think Cap's shield was always adamantium in the Marvel Universe. It was the that's same as Wolver- Wolverine skeleton. Rem- I think in the cinematic universe, they're using vibranium, vibranium yeah. because adamantium, trademark and copyright, Fox Studios, X-Men, you know, and all that. So yeah. they just stayed away from adamantium. That's, that's just a Which guess. makes sense. Like, it totally makes sense. But I was also in that loop of like, wait, I thought it was made with the strongest metal the strongest yeah. metal is vibranium so wait, and, what do you mean by it's and like that's the question in a fight you know wolverine's claws cap shield if one is vibranium which one you know which one bends i, I don't know the answer <laughs> but probably see uh, not vibranium um adamantium, adamantium yeah. yeah that's 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 where i'm putting my money you know uh, okay, so that was sort of leading up to the movie, and you know, we as we said, we did get to see him in Civil War, 
and uh, I thought, so you know, there was a lot of stuff packed into Civil War. Like we had Spider Man, we had Black Panther. There's a lot of things, a lot of moving pieces. Yeah, it really didn't feel that much like a Captain America movie. It was like an Avengers movie with like a couple of like spinoffs. You know, yeah, but I also felt like because with Avenger movies, not saying that it's not well written. I feel like because they're trying to fit everybody all in there, that it it gets kind of sparse at one yeah. point. With Civil War, I felt like they were able to put that story pretty well together with throwing all these other characters in there to me right. specifically sure and that's probably and that's why i like civil war more than the avenger movies like both of them um yeah well Winter i mean Soldier. civil war really should have been avengers 2 you know we could have yeah, skipped the ultron I, step yeah but uh i mean the, the first avengers yeah. I, I think was great but at the oh, same yeah. time yeah the civil war it, it was much more satisfying I yeah think, it was huge you know putting all of our childhood characters together and seeing it on a big screen, like after seeing every single or solo movie yeah. before that, not to be confused with the actual solo movie coming out. <laughs> Is the actual solo movie coming out? Oh, I mean, we don't have a date. Oh. Well, no, yeah, we do. It's um, Memorial Day is oh. when the solo movie's coming out, supposedly. Supposedly. That's <laughs> why <laughs> so I was like, mm, question mark. Yeah, crickets, exactly. Crickets, we'll crickets. see. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, so you finally get to see the movie. Now, were you lucky enough to go to some kind of advanced screening? I did. Oh, good for you. I did, actually. Literally, every, um, it seemed like everybody I knew got to go yeah. to some kind well, of Well, no, I screening. got added last minute. Um, the amazing, awesome, wonderful Popcorn Talk, um, actually. Which is a sister network for yes. After Buzz, yes. where I, I do a number of shows mm-hmm. and and, uh, I also I, do. I have occasionally shows. appeared on a popcorn talk show or two. Well, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 more hashtag team after buzz just for I mean, yeah. know, what I do. I mean, there. that's pretty much where yeah. most of my work is. I right. just I had a show on Popcorn Talk Network, so that's where it was mostly. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so I got to go with someone from Marvel Movie News, um, Oliver, and he I was his plus one. Great. So um, I got to go, and it was. Just packed with so many people. We went on the Disney lot. It's uh, funny. I, I have it. a friend who went to yeah. maybe the same screening, but I know they had a bunch of them. You they know, they but, did. They had yeah. a lot. They had over, I think, for two weeks. Like yeah, they like kind every of spread night them out. They were yeah, it. it was crazy. Um, but yeah, <laughs> and I, got I couldn't to, get into any of those fourteen shows. I mean, I didn't know about it until literally like yeah. a day before, and I was like, okay, everybody's <laughs> clear my schedule. Everyone, get out. I'm leaving right now. Um, and yeah, it was it was insane, especially because I was around a lot of my friends who were also working in media yeah. and we were all sitting together, crying together, laughing together. It was, it was intense, you know, but it also made me kind of sad. Cause I don't know if it was because of the Disney theater itself, but it felt like whoever's doing like the projection, like the brightness of it, yeah. it looked very clear and crisp. But when I went to go see it the other three times in a regular theater and I went to two different theaters, right? It looked so dark during those parts where they're like in the, in the jungle. Were any like of that. those, showings in 3d or were one of them was yeah Yeah. the last one i saw on sunday i I find that sometimes 3d is dark and i I don't love the 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 current 3d technology with the the glasses i find them uncomfortable and And you wear glasses in your regular life so so yeah so does my wife so my wife hates 3d and we only really ever see movies in 3d when it's like well this is the only time that works Mm -hmm. we prefer 2d and we're usually much happier that's pretty much all i watch is 2d and i actually when i went to go see it with my husband like, we went to go watch it in 2D, and it was still dark. It might have been hmm. where the angle was, because we weren't yeah. in the middle, because, you know, seats were sold out in sure. a lot of different theaters. So we were off to the side a little bit, but it felt very dark. Like, I couldn't see, like, Lupita's face in certain scenes, because it was so dark. And I was like, is it the theater? Yeah. Is it, like, what's going on? Because when I saw it at the Disney lot, it was, like, it was crisp. And right. I was like, oh, my God. Look at all this beautiful melanin on my screen. <laughs> I can see it. 
So apart from the uh, different projections and the technical yeah. aspects of it, uh, talk a little bit about the movie itself and how it resounded with you the first time you saw it. Oh. And then we'll go through times two, three, and four. Okay. Yeah. Because it, it definitely changed a lot for me because I noticed a lot of stuff. So um, going to see it on the Disney lot was was awesome because of the surroundings that I was in. But also because you know how like if you've ever been to a press screening, it, it can also be very quiet because people are trying to really pay attention Amazingly to Amazingly quiet. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it gets a little awkward so i kind of like like i want to laugh out loud and then i'm like oh wait no i have to reserve yeah. myself um <laughs> but but the but the thing that w- with this black panther with the with this black panther movie was that because we were around so many people because a lot of press brought their kids okay to their plus ones cool. i was not that was the first time i've been to a press screening where people brought their children to me i think yeah least. i mean i guess the kids were that excited and i mean it's fine i mean if you're a parent and you have a plus one you know i want you to bring your kids to this whether yeah. you're you know asian brown black whatever it doesn't matter you should bring your kids to this because it's a very good movie for them to see um when i first saw this uh i was going on like no sleep so it was also really tough for me to watch this movie but i immediately started to weep at the point of when T'Challa first comes back to Wakanda and he's about to uh, do the ceremony for when he takes um, the heart-shaped herb. Right, when he actually becomes king. This is after his father's passed away. You're talking yes. about that time. Yeah, yeah like yeah. when he... Because the, they have everybody on the boats and then they hit that contraption and all the water, you know, goes down and then they're all standing. And he, you see that pan shot when he comes out of the ship and it pans up or tilts up towards, like, everybody standing up against the rock formation. Oh, my heart was so full. <laughs> like you could just, just like little sniffles and people were just like, oh, cause like the people I went with have already seen it already because oh, they've been wow. to sp- okay. so many, um, because they've been invited to a bunch of different press screenings. So they were all like, oh, and I was just like, just let me live in this moment for just a split second. <laughs> like, and, and because it was just so different to me, I think I also had the same reaction when I saw Moana because I'm, I'm, I'm Filipino and a lot of my family comes from the Philippines or Hawaii and seeing a bunch of Polynesian people on my screen, even though they're animated was at the same level of seeing all these beautiful Brown people singing a wonderful African song and just being just, just being on a giant screen. Right. Well, you know, one of the shows I do for after buzz is Marvel TV weekly and uh, Amy Cassandra Martinez, who's on the show, she compared it to seeing Coco yes. because that yeah. was obviously, yeah, that. which, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's like these movies are great for any ethnicity, but when you see the one that, you know, speaks to your ethnicity, all mm-hmm. of a sudden it's just, it adds this other level. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I'd assume because yeah. most movies speak to my ethnicity, yeah. so I don't notice it anymore. And I mean, and there's also going to be uh, hate on there, like within my own culture or other cultures or whatever the hell you want to call it. Like I remember when I went to the last screening, I was waiting for the rest of my friends to show up and there was a group of, of, of black guys and they were just like, oh, aren't you a little too light skinned to see a black panther? Ha, ha, ha. And wow. I was just like, wow, is that what we're doing now? Like, aren't you a little too dark to watch BVS? Like, get out of here. I don't care. Like, you know, but the, but it doesn't matter. The fact that if I have, since you have children, like if I had kids and I brought my my kids to see this movie because when I was growing up, my superheroes were Wonder Woman, or um, which we didn't even have a movie back then. It was, I mean, we had the TV show, you know. And right. Like well, there that. were very few movies at all, really, if you yeah. think about like 
you know, there's a handful that stand yeah. out. And we talked about this in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. We talked about, you know, like when you get the Tim Burton Batman movie oh. before that, yeah. there were very, like the first Superman was good. I mean, mm-hmm. it's an, it's a completely different style of movie than we get now, yeah. but it's such a short list. Oh, there yeah, were very sure. few good superhero movies. I mean, even the one superhero movie that I grew up with and I thought it was like the coolest superhero movie of all time when I was growing up was Supergirl, the one in the seventies. Why? Well, that's I think that's from the mid '80s, but I know the one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. With Helen Slater, which and Helen Slater, who I believe plays I'm, the mom I'm, of of yeah, Supergirl on so the cool. TV show, right? <laughs> which I think is great. And her dad's Dean Cain. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I I only watched a little bit of the first season uh-huh. of that, and I didn't love the show, but I was like, that's so cool that that's yeah, who they cast for that. That you I can love bring them like back that. in. But yeah, but like that was that was my introduction into superheroes. Period was the Wonder Woman TV show. Uh, obviously the old like Adam West Batman TV sure. show because that's like my grandpa's like favorite TV show. And of I time. mean, when I was and a kid, I loved the Adam yeah. West Batman show. Are you kidding me? And seeing Eartha Kitt as Cat Catwoman, right? whoa! Like my entire like my bisexual being was like, I knew it. <laughs> this is what I'm missing. I need to find a woman like her. <laughs> like, it was Not Lee Merriweather. No, 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 no. Eartha Kitt. <laughs> Not Julie Newmar. <laughs> Just her. Um, but but yeah. So the fact that I had to grow up with seeing superheroes that didn't look like me it didn't it didn't affect me obviously at that time but just thinking about it now and if you look at all the pictures um right now that are coming out of kids who are dressing up as black panther or as the um as the warriors from wakanda uh, which i'm uh, spacing on their name dora magi i think i'm sorry if i butchered that but yeah i mean i I know how it's spelled you know it's dora m-i-l-a-g sorry a-j-e so yeah yeah, your pronunciation is as close as (laughs) mine would be the dm Um, (laughs) the the dms uh but no but like the fact that you're seeing that just especially because the one thing I noticed from the screening even though I, I was like I have to see it a second time because I feel like I missed some stuff because I was just I was kind of just in awe the entire time was that the women in this movie were not just like in the background they were actually the backbone yeah of the group like the fact that T'Challa can walk around with three women or four women around him and he's treating them with respect and with, you know, listening to them and all this kind of stuff. Like, it's not just like, oh, I heard you, but I'm not going to do what you're going to do kind of thing. They're his trusted advisors. They're also his his bodyguards. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's the Black Panther. He doesn't necessarily need Need them. But at the same time, he's like, yeah, I mean, he's got these three badass women with him at all time, which I think that they were great characters. Yeah. And the general is a female. Like, it's just, it's crazy. And of course, like... Comedy aside, like there's a lot of really fun moments, especially like when Okoye throws her wig as like a defense. That, I thought that was very Lost funny. Yeah. Um, but like just the fact that she was just like, you know, she's very proud that she doesn't have any hair on her head because it's supposed to be part of their uh, tradition that when you become a warrior, you shave off your head and that's like the uniform that you have. So the fact that she had to cover it up, which I think. Uh, the director brought up in a, and I think, I don't know if it was Vogue or something like that, where he was uh, describing the scene in the casino, but how it's like, it's like shameful to cover your head. But Lupita was like, just whip it back and forth. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) Which was very funny. (laughs) So it was just, it was all, from the first viewing, it was mostly just, I was in so much, there's so much stars in my eyes at that point in time, it was hard for me to concentrate on everything. Right. But I was also tearing up a majority of the movie because one, I realized that this is my favorite Marvel villain, Marvel Cinematic Universe villain, because of how human he was. 
Right. And I saw something, and I, I apologize to whomever tweeted this, mm-hmm. uh, watch it have been you, but oh, no. no, somebody said that, uh, you know, we'll just call him Killmonger cause it's mm-hmm. easiest that Killmonger is basically the Marvel cinematic universe version of Magneto yeah. because the, and we've talked about this on mm-hmm. Blackcast. Other people have made this point. It's really like Charles Xavier is Martin Luther King. Magneto is Malcolm X. Yeah. And they, you know, sort of start off on the same place. And when you listen to Killmonger talk about what his problems mm-hmm. are, you're like, he's making a very convincing case, you know, up until the point when he starts burning shit down. Yeah. yeah. See, that's like, what I was like. Before we need to he's stop. actually <laughs> king, you're like, Okay. okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. yeah, you, you, uh, you were left behind and, you know, and you, the Wakanda stayed hidden. Think of all, all the good you yeah. could have done to help people, you yeah. know, all that. I, it's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> and those are your, you know, as much as I, I love, you know, like a Dr. Doom or somebody mm-hmm. who's just mm-hmm. all bad. It's so much more interesting when you have this sort of you know, the villain who it's just like, well, their agenda is just different than yours. And yeah. it's actually very well reasoned out, you know. Uh, so, you know, then he kind of gets blinded where he wants Wakanda to take over the rest of the world. So, you know, that, yeah, which, that, yeah, that's a bit much. But it, but it also really showed how, because we're supposed to be seeing the contrast between T'Challa and Killmonger or Eric. <laughs> yeah. I love that we go from Killmonger to Eric. Eric, um, yeah. But the fact that it's so, that they, they had the same plan that they want to do more for their people. And then... It just and they're continuing on that same line, like what you said, and then just just a li- just just completely a left, like yeah. for for Killmonger, where he's just like, you know, I wanna I wanna burn, you know, well, not not burn. What did he say? I wanna kill whoever supports you and your ch- and their children. And yes. I was like, all right, that's, this is how you lost your father in the first yeah. place. <laughs> Can you bring it back? But I mean, but it also shows how when you're drunk with power, what will happen to you, even though you might have a good cause in the beginning. Because now you've drank from the Kool Aid, yeah. um, that it might just be too much for you. But I like that also. In the end, he also was still stuck with his beliefs, but not to the point where it was like he was like a psychopath. It was just like, oh, I see what you're doing. You understand where T'Challa is coming from, but at the same time, you're still gonna stick with your gut. Does that make sense? Because I'm not. I didn't know if we we're doing like spoilers. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, the only problem was that I actually didn't say. We always do spoilers, and in the description okay. it'll mention. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we're definitely okay. talking very spoiler heavy. I appreciate you being yeah, careful like, around <laughs> things, but uh, yeah, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, Sorry. Uh, you, yeah. But if you Sorry. are familiar with the podcast, you should know that uh, we always we always bring down the the spoiler curtain yeah, when we start. Uh, I just didn't say it, uh, but. Yeah, and if you haven't seen the movie, what are you doing? What are you doing? Pause, listening to what pause, are you doing? Listening to us right now? Pause if you right haven't. now, yeah. and then go watch the movie. Come back, and then you don't have play. to go see it four times. You can see it no, one time. Once. Listen to us, and then we'll then see it three back. more times. Yeah. 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 Um, for the second time, I went with my husband, so I already knew what was happening, and I mostly just liked watching his reactions sure. through a lot of things because he's very supportive, and also he's been looking forward to this movie for a long time because um, he's a huge uh, Marvelite and. I love it because at one point I stopped looking at him and started watching the movie again. <laughs> and it was at that point where T'Challa gets thrown over and Killmonger is going through the, the ritual where he has to take in the herb. The herb, yeah. And so you're he, talking about when Killmonger pushes T'Challa off, off the, the like the waterfall, essentially. Yeah, I feel yeah. like if, like, see, that's also what I thought was very interesting. Killmonger could have been a complete 
an utter psychopath and just stabbed him just over and over and over and been like, all right, he's dead. For I think sure. he just didn't get the chance. I think it no, was on his agenda. It just didn't work out. He was that just way, like, yeah, I'm just yeah. gonna throw you <laughs> yeah. over. There's a giant beautiful yeah. waterfall here. Right. Let's just throw yeah. you over. It's fine. Um, but it was that point where um, Killmonger is in that. Not the dream state, but he's in the next life, and he opens... go the, to the ancestral plane. Yes, yes, and the fact that he's back at his old apartment back in Oakland, Oakland. nineteen ninety was nineteen ninety two, and opens the door. You know, finds all of his dad's stuff, finds the book, and which I'm assuming that was how he found out about it eventually. And he has that talk with his father, and at that point, I remember sitting there going, "Yeah, this is why I love this superhero," because even then the cuts back and forth between him being a kid to him being an adult of learning like what this world means and why his father was killed and all this kind of stuff um, was very moving because he's just like, maybe it's your people who are lost and I know what's happening. And then that realization from his father going, what have I done? Yeah. Yeah. The fact that his father is uh, tearing up and the last time we see him is just like, Oh, look what I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it was something that felt like, Oh, I've put, so much into wanting to give you this perfect life without actually even telling you about where I actually come from, which I related to a lot because, you know, um, not to get too deep into my own personal stuff, but like my mom was very ashamed of her past. So she hid the fact that I was half black for a long time until I was 13. And so when I found out about it, I felt betrayed, like how Eric felt and how I was like, why didn't you tell me if I knew this before? We, you know, a lot of questions that I had could have been answered. And she's like, I just didn't want you to know about that side of your father or whatever. And and at that time, I didn't understand. But as an adult, I was like, "Okay, it's not my place to sit there and push her for something that she's uncomfortable with. When she was ready, I should have been able to do that. But at the same time, I regret it because. I can't go back and sure, fix that. Sure, absolutely. You know, so yeah, so I, I related to him at that moment because the fact that even though we also see him as being like this kind of funny villain, he has a moment where he's like tearing up because he's like, I miss you. I also wish that you were here yeah. to understand what's happening right now. But at the same time, now I'm fighting even more because you're stuck here and not in the ancestral plane with everybody else. Yeah, I think that's such a rich backstory, mm-hmm. and you really understand his motivation. Yeah. Even even when it gets carried away, you're like, well, you know, that's, uh, yeah. 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 yeah but, like, uh, <laughs> and, you know, the whole thing about everything that we saw of Wakanda in the film, oh you know, God. it's, first of all, it's be- the first thing my wife said when the movie's over is she said, well, it was beautiful, because mm-hmm. it was. Uh, it just, the scenes in Wakanda were amazing, and I loved the mix of, just the tribal culture, mm-hmm. the you know the the very specific rituals that they mm-hmm. had, mixed with like crazy super high tech stuff. You know, oh, it was like it was like, it was like si- everything side by side. So yeah. I was just like, well, this is it's such a cool fusion, you know, mm-hmm. just a mix like that. And I, I thought that it was great, and it doesn't hurt that it was populated with all of these great characters. Oh, so cool, you know, with just sort of like this great cast Mm -hmm. and you know, there's definitely the familiar faces like obviously Lupita Nyong'o, Michael B. Jordan, who, Angela Bassett. Oh my God. (laughs) Tina Turner herself. I was like, Uh, I remember you from ER and all these other things. Oh my God. Michael (laughs) B. Jordan, (laughs) Michael B. Jordan, who's so good that he managed to actually be good in that fantastic four movie that he was in. That was the, he was the only thing I was rooting for in that entire movie. What? Not Miles Teller and Kate Mara who had absolutely zero chemistry. Uh, something about Miles Teller as a personal human being, like he makes my skin crawl. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's your face, sir. But I heard that you're kind of a 
douche. So. I I have heard that too. Yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 like. It's, it's like he's like a he's like a low rent Shia LaBeouf who I think is also you know not yeah, not top also shelf. Makes my yeah, crawl. yeah, exactly. So. But I feel like he he's Shia LaBeouf is actually trying. Yeah, well, at least he used to be. I don't, no, I don't no, know about now. I yeah. mean, maybe he's just hiding. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I just thought that uh, you know the casting across the board was great. Uh, one of the things we talked about last week uh, on the episode of the Blackcast I did with <laughs> Will and Jeff was, you know, we were sort of joking about Martin Freeman being there so that white people could feel included. I don't know why he needed to be there. Uh, and I guess, like, they're trying to well, build up this character. But I'm like, you know, we're not that attached to Everett Ross. It's not like you had Phil I Coulson like there. <laughs> no, I do. I, look, I, I, I like Martin Freeman. He's, I think he's great on Sherlock. I loved the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie. Oh, most my people God, did the movie's it. so good. And um, he was fantastic on The British Office, you know? I mean, so, I mean, like, I've liked him for a very long time. But I was just like, I don't quite know why you're in the movie. But uh, he is our Agent Coulson of the yeah, movie, though. Right, because like, in the movie universe, Agent Coulson's still dead. So, you know, I, I don't know how they'll ever reconcile Quotations, that. quotations, yeah, quotations. Nudge, mind, nudge, wink, In my mind, they won't ever I don't acknowledge think ever the TV version. Nah. But anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, I liked it because of the fact that I thought he, they were going to make him that typical American who's going to find out that Wakanda has a mountain full yeah. of vibranium and be... You know, luckily that's not how Everett Ross is. Everett? Yeah. Yes. Um, but the fact that he was thinking about it, especially, and I liked, and also that, you know, I loved, <laughs> I love it because I don't know if you saw that I shared this on Twitter, but I love that someone put the picture of Andy Serkis and Martin Freeman talking in the casino scene, and it's like, uh, I love that uh, these two are our Tolkien <laughs> White guys, <laughs> yes, and our thing, and I was like, yes, and I, I'm so happy that this is a thing. I did acknowledge <laughs> that on the uh, the previous episode, and I think you actually might have been the first person I saw. I don't know if you retweeted it or whatever. I retweeted it, yeah. yeah. So that's why I couldn't remember who to give credit to. I yeah. always like to give attribution, but it's so hard when you see stuff on oh, social yeah, yeah. media. I saw, You're like, I saw this really funny thing that I don't want to steal and I don't want to take credit for, yeah. but I don't know who to give credit to. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I thought that was very funny that we had the, the Tolkien white I guys. Mean, yeah. I mean, it was... I loved Andy Serkis as this villain. I'm glad that he wasn't the villain for the entire film. Yeah, I, I don't really think it would have fit that. into the story. I just yeah. didn't. I just didn't want him to continue through the rest of the Marvel series. I'm like, okay, we, I'm gr- I'm glad we saw you in what was it, Civil War? Yeah. Right? And then now you're here. That's great. Cool. Move on. Um, I love the line that uh, Shuri says, where it's like, "Oh, another broken white guy we can fix." <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Um, but I'm also glad that they have Everett Ross in their pocket. Yes. Since now that they're trying to open up their gates. To everybody now, uh, or at least for them to know that Wakanda actually exists, not the third world country that has nothing, right. the actual uh, Wakanda. Um, so it'll be a little helpful, but I agree with you that there's really no like oomph to his character, yeah. but he is a stepping stone. But it also, I feel like, uh, not to like throw race all over the place, but um, but I feel like that's a lot, a lot of black characters usually get that. In certain movies, that where they're like, oh, they're just a stepping stone. They didn't really have anything part of the story, but they're there. But I also we don't, I don't want that to be a theme where we're just going to be switching places all the time. Yeah. But I, I appreciated him being there. I also loved his scene where he was the pilot and he was shooting them down, and also really showed how talented he was. But again, like if they didn't have him in there, the movie would have been just as it would have been just as fine. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's a weird it's, mix-up. It's like you take him out. It's not going to detract in any way. Mm-hmm. Now, you talked a little bit about your reaction to seeing it the first time. Now, you seeing it two, three, four times. Uh, what you were talking about the second time, what were things you started to see upon re- repeated viewings? Um, I definitely noticed the costumes a little bit more. I didn't realize how much detail 
right. was in everything of that nature. Um, I definitely noticed a lot more of T'Challa's um, personality. Because I know that there's a lot of comedy thrown around, but yeah. I didn't really like pay attention to like how wonderful it is that we have this king who's also a Black Panther. He's a superhero, and he has all these great features and things like that. But the fact that he can still be super sweet to his sister and, and all this kind of stuff, but also have flaws where like he lets his anger get the best of him like in the part where he's yelling at zuri in the heart-shaped herb area the garden the garden yeah the garden that has been burned um and and how he's like i am your king now like he's like frustrated and like things like that like i liked i liked noticing that because at the time i didn't really it wasn't really grasping but i love that everybody here has flaws like we also got to see um who else uh the i guess he's the best friend i don't really know what you'd call him he's the one that protects the border of wakanda and i can't remember his name he's um the love interest for um okoye oh Mark. yeah i think that's uh what wakabi wakabi I, yes, yeah. yes yes you're right uh wakabi um i was very frustrated with this character and in the beginning i was just kind of like okay i get it you have to have somebody who has to kind of play devil's ad- advocate in this scenario sure but the second and third time he like really upset me because i was like you should be smarter than this yeah why would you just flip all of a sudden but i also understand that it's supposed to be an emotional drive where he's like well you couldn't bring me what i want i'm like but this is t'challa you guys have known <laughs> each other forever why would you just all of a sudden go you didn't bring me back the body that i wanted i will betray you now what which yeah i guess what? is exactly <laughs> what <Upsetting>. happened yeah. <laughs> opposite <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I think uh, that yeah, there's things like that, uh, you know, that uh, you notice. You know, when it actually when it comes to Wakabi uh, on the previous episode, yeah. you know, Will pointed out kind of one of the weakest things in it, which was the giant rhinos with the armor. Uh, I, was, I think they just wanted to throw a giant right, rhinos. Right, and I'm there. just like, I'm like, to, I, I don't know, I don't know what that added. I, I mean, mean, I guess maybe action figures that it. you can sell or something. Sure. You know, that's that's usually where I go to yeah, when I see something that like that. Disney but yeah. Uh, so on sort of a big picture level, talk mm-hmm. a little bit about how exciting it is when you see, like you had mentioned, you know, bringing kids and sort of, you know, sort of transcending this movie as just a superhero movie with a black lead character and sort of why, you know, it's being so celebrated. I mean, it's tough to put, oh my God, I'm going to get emotional just talking about it. Um, this is good because this is what I was trying for. <laughs> It's crazy to think about the fact that I don't see this as, oh, this is a this is a black superhero movie. This is a black movie that happens to have superheroes sure. in it, and we have there are sure there's a lot of different movies that might have a an all black cast. Tyler Perry has a bunch of them, but it's not the point of this movie. The point of this movie is that we have black, brown, white people all in this movie, but they're all powerful people but they also still have flaws like there's so much balance in this movie that it's insane except for obviously we have a few weak characters sure but i mean their motives make sense so i can forgive it but looking at this screen and seeing a bunch of different types of hair different types of shades of brown and black especially the fact that dark-skinned women on this in this movie are playing such huge roles like lupita nyong'o is a beautiful woman and a lot of people you know understand that but there are a lot of people who are like oh she's too dark for me like that like that's not happening and there's there's tweets i have retweeted wow. them there are things where people are just like yeah i don't i don't mess with her she's too dark for me and it's just like this movie ain't about you yeah. and your love life that's not how this works the whole point is that for me 
seeing a bunch of different arrays of color doing amazing things and the fact that it's like the most technological smart part of the planet that it, it just it, it blows my mind how I can you can see that and you can't say that it's just like oh or the fact that it's not just a bunch of black people playing thugs or being ratchet or being yeah. this like it's positive and you can have those, but it's usually something historic, like 42, or Selma, or something Or like the James that. Brown movie that he's or in that I still yeah, don't know the name of. I still don't know, still don't know the, the name of. Yeah. Or it's just, or it's a satire, like all the Tyler Perry movies. I'm tired of it. I'm tired yeah. of like, oh, this group is getting a divorce, and this group, she's so sassy, her neck's about to break. Like, I'm tired of it. I want someone... Are you tired of black men dressing up like old grandmas? Because <laughs> no, if so, Medea and Martin Lawrence are going to have words with I know. you. I mean, they can bring it. Um, but no, <laughs> I mean, I'm happy that Tyler Perry opened up his gates from doing an all-black cast on stage to bringing it to sure. a film. I think that's great. Also, I want Janet Jackson and more shit. I'm just saying. <laughs> but that's not the point. I'm tired of seeing these typical things like Boys in the Hood or... Or baby boy, or whatever. Sure, and like, those are all great, important all great stories films. to tell. But when everything is it's sort of like that, the fact that someone actually told me that they're like, "Well, oh, you guys have Blade." Somebody said that to me, and, and I, was I was like, like "Blade." First of all, Blade's not a superhero. You know, he's like an antihero, and <gasps> also it's Wesley Snipes. <laughs> You know, and I mean, oh my great, he's a vampire who kills other. Oh, yay! Yeah, like, right, exactly. And I'm not saying Blade is not bad. He's great. I, I mean, I can say huge. I'll say you that Blade's well bad. Throw but... shaft in there, like it doesn't okay, matter. Okay, now you're talking. Ta- I'm talking about. Shut your mouth. I'm talking about Chef. Uh, one of the first thoughts I had when I was sort of thinking about the movie from the big picture, uh, uh, you know, and let me white explain this to the sure. audience. No, but I was just actually thinking about how. It's not great that there. it took us till 2018 to get a black superhero movie. But the point that I made in the previous issue episode, I'm used to yeah, comic no, talk, no, the previous issue of the black cast, is that you know it wasn't really until the 21st century we had great superhero movies at all. Mm-hmm. So it still took too long. But the fact that it took this long, it helped, one, for it to be and look amazing. Yeah. And two, this isn't just a black superhero this is a black superhero. Yeah. This is Africa. Yeah. This is like, you know, uh, heritage, history. Yeah. All that stuff is wrapped in. And I use this as an example. Look, there was never going to be a Falcon movie. But the point is, if <laughs> I don't think there's if, ever no, going to be a Falcon But if there was movie. a Falcon movie, it would have been, okay, you know, I don't even know. His, you know, he's from, know like, wherever he's from. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't have been, you know, it, it would have been more like Luke Cage, which is, which is, which also, is also great. great. But at the same time, it's like. This I cried is during that too. <laughs> the Luke Cage uh, TV yeah, show. Most of most of it. Yeah. Was it Cottonmouth or no, uh, Black Ma- Mariah? I mean, Black Mariah was crazy. It's yeah. like I was just like, oh but my god. But no, there's Misty Knight. There's, there's a Misty Knight's great. Yeah. And she. But I wanted more out of it because right. at one point the story kind of just falls off. Well, I, the, for me, the point where Luke Cage falls off is Cottonmouth dies, and it's not bad after that, but it loses so much. Diamondback was not. Not as good. It was like yeah. half and half for me. And like Black Mariah, it's all like building up. I and mean, I know they only call her Mariah, but you know, no, you know that's, that's the ca- that's the character. That's you know? her actual it's like, name. <laughs> I'm not going to call Black Lightning Lightning. You know, yeah, that's so. weird. Also, very very happy with how that TV show is going. I've heard that, and I it's, haven't. You know, again, good. just sort of my not having enough time to watch anything. That's but one of those also, ones I haven't gotten. But to. I also think, I mean, even though Luke Cage opened up again, I'm I keep using this phrase, but it's true. The floodgates of like of police brutality police brutality and like things like that 
they had it in this movie, but they didn't beat you over. Oh, that's a terrible Whoa. way to do that. You know they what I mean? Did, they, uh, did, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't Rodney didn't King it. you with it. Yeah, yeah. they didn't overdo <laughs> it like that. Because I mean, we're having now because of the fact that we have social media, we have cameras on our phones. That there's a lot more footage of how people who are not white are being treated, and sometimes there are some white people who are also getting hurt by police. It's just it's it, it's in that bubble, but. I love that we were able to talk about it from the beginning of time, which is where Michael B. Jordan's character was talking about slavery and also talking about just in general, you know, like it's not again, it's not oversaturated. It was enough that you can understand, you know, that it wasn't like a soul. Like I said, like it's not a soul film of like Selma or something with Martin Luther King or something that happened back in the 90s, which I want those stories to be told. But at least in this superhero movie, we didn't have to do that. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Like, he brought it up because that's where he grew up in. He grew up in Oakland in the 90s. Like, that's rough. Like, in that time frame, because there's a lot of things happening. Yeah, in, and, you know, not time. like Oakland today is a walk in the park. But, you know. I mean, it's a, yeah, but there was but, a lot of historic things specifically that happened at that in time that time period, frame. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, the fact that he was able to bring it up and but do it in a, in a, in a different way of like, oh, you know, people like, you know, there's two billion people who look like us who don't, as you guys all sit up here pretty, that are suffering. Like, he was able to... To bring that into light, but not having to sit there and say it every five minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and there's, again, there's nothing wrong with that. I want it to be a thing, but then sometimes people feel like they can't have it. Like, the one thing I don't like is that when people tell me they don't have opinions about this movie because they're white or they don't understand. I'm like, you can have opinions about this movie. Just don't hate on what the story is bringing when it comes to, like, actual black culture. Right. That's where I'm at. Right. I mean, I I do understand white people who are afraid to maybe like, I don't know if I'm allowed to have an opinion, you know? Yeah, but it's and not, yeah. I, I, somebody that we both know uh, here at After Buzz mm-hmm. saw the movie and didn't hate it, but it was just like, well, I just didn't love it, you know? Yeah. But I feel like I can't say that. And I'm like, no, you can say you didn't you love can. it. You know, I mean, it's but like. give it good, like. Well, and it's somebody who just in general doesn't like superhero movies. I'm like, well, then you're not going to, you're not going to love gonna like this, this one. This isn't yeah. going to win you over and like all of a sudden make you like superhero yeah, movies. no. And that's, and that's what I tell people. They're like, oh, I really don't like Marvel yeah. movies, but I can't say anything bad about this movie. I'm like, it's a Marvel movie. If you're not going to like it, if you already don't like the other Marvel movies, yeah. you're not going to like this one. But to be fair, there are going to be a lot of people who this is the only Marvel movie they'll ever see except maybe, you know, Black Panther 2. And that's fine. You know? But, you know? I mean, just because they're like, yeah, I, I don't need to see all this other stuff. But I uh, just mostly care about this. I mean, I feel like if you stay for the credits, you might be a little lost. Right. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy that we actually have a movie that a lot of people who aren't Marvelites are seeing just because yeah. of the representation. And that's the big thing, especially when I saw it the fourth time. Yeah. When I saw it the fourth time and I saw it with a bunch of my friends um, uh, again, all a bunch of brown and black nerds who've also seen it a bunch of times, but we've sure. never seen it together. <clears throat> we sat there and I was crying again at the point at the very end of the movie or very close to the end of the movie when uh, T'Challa brings Killmonger up to the top of the mountain. The, you're looking at the sunset and he goes, maybe there's still time to heal you. Yeah. And he goes, no, nah, it's cool. I'm uh, just like our ancestors who jumped from the ships. <clears throat> I rather I rather take death than be... Oh gosh! I forget. I forget. But I mean, the idea is like being neutered, or you know, I mean, it's not the word to use. But no, no, no. But like the fact that he's being put in chains. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, I can't remember the term. But anyway, it doesn't matter. But like that hit me so hard again. Even though I've heard it four times now, it was still enough to be like I, I feel for this when people who are seeing it for the first time because that to our community is huge. Like just like just thinking about it in general, just like oh my god, you would rather. Not be healed. And I mean, sure, you would be in captivity forever, 
And, sure. And he's just like, you know, he's I mean, like, no, in, I'd rather, in, in I'd a lot rather of ways, have... I've been in captivity my whole life. So exactly. why should I so go back to that? So why should I even try? Yeah. You know, and even if like, because I, I feel like T'Challa could have figured out a way, something. Because yeah. clearly you can see there's a little bit of remorse happening and they could have probably worked together. But I'm glad that, not glad that he died that way, but... I'm glad it, that he didn't change his mind. Yeah, you know? I mean, okay. it was a it was a much more fitting ending. Because I'm tired of like, oh, Loki's free, and now he's captured. Now he's free, and now he's and captured. Then, <sighs> and then Loki becomes like comic relief. Like I loved Thor Ragnarok, but all of a sudden, Yo, like, I couldn't do that movie. Really, I I thought uh, well, I, that's still one of my favorite Marvel movies. But at the same time, beautiful. like like Loki turns into also, a cartoon character. Yeah. So Valkyrie. Valkyrie can get it. <laughs> Where's that sorry, movie? Sorry, can... husband. Uh, well, he well he knows actually because I we talked about it when we watched it. He was like, "So you taking her?" I'm like, "Oh my god, yeah." <laughs> um, but but yeah, no, I want that movie. But that's also again representation as a person who's part of the LGBTQ uh, right. alphabet soup. Um, it's it would be great to see a bisexual lead. Well, in a Marvel it's movie. interesting you brought that up because sort of the final point I wanted to yeah, make with you was that is. A criticism that has come up for the movie, and mm. I think when oh, for Black Panther, yeah, well, I'll, yeah, yeah, that that there is not LGBTQ representation in it. Y'all, what a time! <laughs> well, that's I mean, and I'm like, oh, so does that make me, you know, the bad white guy who's like, hey, hey, this is the black movie, okay? No, no, like, no, no, no. That's hard enough to get, and I mean, well, I guess yeah, like when okay. you read that. Uh, I guess when you read that there actually was, I guess, a LGBTQ storyline. Well, it was just an L storyline, I guess. Did I miss uh, that? No, no, no. That was cut from the movie, I think, from oh, the script. Right. They yes, didn't I film did it. The Dora Milaje, or however we say Milage. it, there were two of them. I don't even know. That's yeah, okay. Don't worry about the, it. I'll read it later. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, the so there was supposed to be one of those, and I guess it was in, it might have even been in uh, in footage, but at, at the point, I think, it was, I think it was just in the script. I think it was just in the script. But it. it went away. <laughs> And it's like, you know, it's the sort of thing that it's like in, in Wonder Woman, they have it barely acknowledged. It is there, it is but there. It, it, it's not like in your face. And it, the most recent Star Trek movie, they Star Trek mm-hmm. Beyond, they had yep. like a very brief moment, very tiny. Sulu and his husband and yep. their daughter. Um, and that sent George though, K off, yeah, you know, oh, off so angry. the deep end. I was end. like, oh my God. I was like, wait, you're, they did this for you and it's upsetting but I, you. But I guess because George Takei is not trying to be, like he doesn't want his character Sulu to be Right. Him. I mean, uh, I don't know. Look, it's a different timeline and it's like, well, what happened in the timeline that turned Sulu the character gay? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. But, <laughs> but the point yeah. being that it's like, it's not like, oh, you should tell the LGBTQ community, well, now you need to wait your turn because we no, got our no, black no. movie. That's but at the same time, it's like, wh- 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 time, you it's, a, it's a two hour and 15 minute movie. You know, do you want it to be a two hour and forty five minute movie? I mean, then I, they watched, ha- I watched that four hour sure, cut though. <laughs> but they would have had to they would have had to hire Zack Snyder if they wanted a four hour Black Panther movie. I mean, I would have. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Imagine uh, a Zack yeah. Snyder Black nope, Panther nope, movie. I don't even no. want to think about it. Don't want to put so, it in the universe. I, I mean, so you know, look as you as somebody who has perspectives from multiple communities, what uh-huh. do you say to somebody that sort of brings that up? I would say that I completely agree with them that I want more representation in this fashion, especially because like uh, there's a con that just started last year called Clexicon, where it talks about um, lesbian rights in movies and how like a lot of lesbian characters or just gay characters in general um, are killed off a lot of the time or just not their stories are just never told. Or if they do have a story, it's like never seen. I definitely want, I want that. I want it in every piece of media I can get my grubby little hands on. That's fine. But 
at the same time, if it doesn't happen, you shouldn't criticize one. You shouldn't criticize the movie immediately because there's your alphabet is not being put in there. Right. Sure. Again, as a person who's part of that al- alphabet, I want it. I do. I do. I do. But this movie, this movie is so good, and it does its own representation on its own. If it was added, it would just be another notch on the belt. If it wasn't, which it wasn't, I can't be mad. Yeah, it just seems like this is not the movie to chastise for that. This is you no, know, the most inclusive movie you, yeah, that I, I can you, think of. You yeah, know? I would I rather mean, you chastise Thor Ragnarok because we know what that character is. That's fine. Yeah, well, I there you go. I mean, right there, that's that's a perfect example. You yeah, know? And that's fine. We That's the third installment. Sure, yeah. do it. <laughs> and, you have plenty of opportunities. And you do have to wonder, you know, that now that all of this is under the Disney umbrella, you never know how comfortable they are. Ugh, and so I know, tough. I know they have gay days at at all the Disney parks, but that's not but the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. You know, everyone. and I, but I mean, they barely had a, a gay character in the live action Beauty and the Beast, and yeah, it was they, very quick. It was very quick, but uh, it was quick. It was long enough that people complained about it. It's like, how dare Disney do this? I'm, that's what I'm. So I guess of. that that's what they look at is just like Ugh. we just got to do a little bit at a time and try and you know look. There's people that are uncomfortable with this. And we want them to feel like they can see this movie too, but. At some point, you know, there are people that are going to be uncomfortable watching a black superhero, so you don't have to acknowledge them either. Yeah, and again, I'm not saying choose your battles because, again, like I said, I would rather be, I'd rather be in everything. I want it so bad, so I want you to, I want people to understand that because I've said this before on a show where it had very strong female characters, all different um, walks of life. Most of them were white, but they were different walks. It was the 100 on CW, and they had Mm -hmm. a lesbian character who was also a warrior. She was a queen. Like, it was a big deal. And they killed off her character. Spoiler alert. Um, (laughs) And they killed off her character and the fans rioted. Like they stopped watching the show. They wrote angry letters. They told the showrunner to like go F himself. Like it was, it was rough. And I was part of that as in like, why would you do this? Why would you kill off such a strong character? But at the same time, I'm like, we still have a lead who is bisexual. Like Mm -hmm. she's still there. She's not the greatest character, but she's still, she's still representing. That's still a thing. She has a female love in the show. It is a thing. So, again, I'm saying that don't completely, not disengage, I'm saying it's Star Trek, uh, <laughs> don't completely dismiss this movie, appreciate for what it is, and then hoping that there'll be more when the sequels come out, or just maybe when Valkyrie has her own movie. I'm not saying that you can completely dismiss it, but don't disrespect it. Right. And, uh, by the way, the Valkyrie movie, they can go ahead and add that to the slate. The I'm ready. <laughs> and I see that they have that incarnation of the Valkyrie character going to show up in the comics because the Valkyrie that I know uh, was very white. Oh from, yeah, from, white the, blonde, from the new like, Defenders. Yeah, yeah, completely different. So, so when yeah, they said like, that, I was like, oh. like the opera Valkyrie, basically. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Uh, anyway, uh, Alexis, I really appreciate you uh, spending this time with me. Uh, I don't. Me to cry. <laughs> I, I know, but I didn't succeed. I, I teared up. There, um, was, there was tears. I just didn't, it didn't I, fall. I am going to uh, speak with my friend Shalco Gordon, who has uh, uh, you know some of the same take, but also added to that was he was uh, he brought his children to see the movie. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if you can stick around, but it would I be. Can. I think it would be a great conversation if we can all talk. So why don't we welcome to the Black Cast Shalco Gordon? Welcome back to the Blackcast, Shalico. Thanks so much for taking some time to talk to us. No problem. Thanks for having me. 
Absolutely. Now, uh, as you know, I'm still here in studio for a little bit longer by uh, Alexis Torres. That's me. And uh, she saw the movie four times and cried every time. But you have sort of a unique experience with nobody that I've talked to. Uh, you were able to bring your children. So kind of talk about your background with comic books, which people who've listened to Black Cats before, we have talked about comic books before. But talk about your thoughts on Black Panther, the character, and how excited you were for the movie before you even saw it. Uh, well, I'm a what's called a comic book head. Uh, I've been reading comic books since the uh, age of eight. Um, I discovered Black Panther, I guess around like maybe 12, 13. And, uh, you know, I've just kind of really just been really immersed in the comic book culture, that kind of geek world. Uh, I have 4,000 books sitting in my cellar now, so, you know. I'm, I, I would consider myself kind of an expert. It, it, it's funny because it, 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 yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I started reading comic books when I was seven, and I amassed about three thousand. I lost count, but that's three thousand with me buying very few comics in the twenty first century. So from like nineteen eighty three until almost two thousand, somehow I just kept racking them up. Uh, but uh, you know, when you when you move across country like I did, and I know Shalico, you moved recently. Three, four thousand comics is difficult to move. Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm very, I guess, anal for lack of a better word. So, you know, all of my comics are, are bagged and boarded and are in boxes. So sure. They were, uh, they're pretty easy to move. I mean, I can basically have my own comic book store, I guess. <laughs> so, but uh, when it comes to Black Panther, uh, for me, I really, even when I started reading it as a kid or, or as a teenager, I wasn't really, really into it, you know? Um, I thought it was fascinating. I thought the whole idea of it was great. Um, but I guess at the time, the writers really didn't move me. Um, when Christopher Priest took over, uh, he was he took over the Black Panther series. It's kind of when I started to really get into, uh, you know, Black Panther, who T'Challa was, and, you know, just the storyline in itself. And then even when uh, Reginald Hudlin took over and did the writing recently, I guess within, uh, this was maybe 10 years ago, uh, I really was kind of, now I'm like, I'm a fan, 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 you know? What I tell people, what was interesting, I guess for me, the experience I had in taking my kids was that my daughter, she also reads comic books now. She's into the whole Marvel world. She's a huge Tom Holland fan. You know, I'm going to have trouble with that later. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so she's she's just really into it. And, you know, we talk about it. And she likes to know about the history of things. And, uh, you know, we really, this is something that, you know, a father-daughter thing that we can share. My son just likes to see things, you know, blow up or whatever. So we, when I, I had taken them to the movie, uh, at the end of the movie, you know, she and I, as the credits were rolling, we started talking about it. And, um, you know, I started crying. <laughs> because <That's right. laughs> for me, I, I realized that, like, at my daughter's 11, my son is 9, that for them, this is kind of just normal behavior, mm -hmm. you know? Um, for me growing up, I grew up in inner city of Baltimore, uh, The Wire, basically. <laughs> For me growing up, reading comic books and things, it wasn't really accepted, you know? I wasn't the quote-unquote cool kid, you know? And, and, then, you know? and I had my issues with it, and then it just wasn't just something that was out there. But for them, 
this is like just now is normal. You know, they get to watch this, you know, 40 foot screen of themselves, you know, in a comic book movie. And for me as a kid, you know, that was unheard of. That was only in your dreams. You know, you, you dreamt of what a, a movie, a comic book would look like as a movie, you know, but you didn't really know. And especially for someone like a Black Panther, you know, to see it and experience it, it was just it was just really overwhelming. And I just felt so I was very appreciative of the fact that I was able to share that moment with my kids and uh, even having my daughter being able to form her own opinion about the movie and who who was her favorite character and why and, you know, um, their their motivations, why did they do certain things, the way that they look. I mean, everything about it for me, you know, and I guess I'm getting soft in my old age. <laughs> it was just overwhelming. And I, I sat in the theater and I cried. And, and you know, I was I was really, um, I actually thanked Coogler for that because I, I think Ryan Coogler, I mean, they crafted a beautiful, beautiful film. And I think one of the great things about it, though, is that we're able to have discussions about you know a lot of the messages in the film and, and a lot of the themes that that were you know in the film itself and and I, I really appreciate that so yeah earlier we were talking a lot about sort of you know the killmonger character as not your typical you know super villain mm-hmm. and you know right. even michael b jordan is one of several people who made the comparison <gasps> that it's a uh-huh. lot like magneto you know and professor right. x it's like right. more of an ideological difference I think that Killmonger is prepared to take it much further than maybe he ought to. But we were saying earlier, as you meet him and he's kind of explaining himself, you're like, this guy's not wrong. You know, you're like, he's right to feel the way he does. And that obviously makes for a much more multi-layered movie. What were you going to say, Alexis? No, I was I was just agreeing because there was a there was a little girl that was sitting behind me on my third time. No. Yeah. Third time watching it. And she had a shaved head. And um, she she was talking about how because I guess she didn't see like trailers or previews or anything like that. Her mom was just like, "Let's go see, yeah, Black let's Panther. go see this movie." Oh, that's and awesome. She was like, oh, "Okay, I guess you know she she knew that there it was a superhero movie, but I guess she hasn't actually seen what the Wakanda general and the warriors were going to look right. like." So it was when she like I I remember it so clearly when she when they showed up. And when Okoye first showed up in the the film, you heard her go, oh, like, just like as a moment. But when they when they actually landed on Wakanda and you get to see T'Challa and everybody walking off the, the hovercraft the first time and you see the Dora standing there ready to go, her mouth was so open <laughs> because she was just like, oh, they're all like that. Because, you know, because yeah. sometimes we have that one character that's like, okay, she kind of looks like me, you know? Right, right. Yeah. But the fact that there is a full battalion beautiful and they're not even all one shade they're all different shades and all different skinny thick whatever the hell you want to call it and she was she was in so much awe that it took my breath away that she was just like they all look like me like like, that's what she whispered and she goes mommy mommy i look just like them and of course she was like trying to shush because we're in the middle of the movie right of course but like that was where, for me, I was like, yes, this is where representation really matters now. Yes. Is this yes. right here? Is little kids, especially little girls, who get to see 
beautiful, strong women, whether they have hair or they don't, be able to fight back or or not even with just brute force, with their smarts. And they're actually right. people who pay attention to it. But also black boys that don't have to grow up with... Uh, um, different black uh, men in their lives that are either one note, whether they're a thug or they're a gangster or sure. whatever. Like, right. he's a king. But you also have people who are protectors. You also have people who are... And also, speaking roles with things in their <laughs> mouth. Like, oh my god! Yeah. That's huge! <laughs> like, And it's not yeah. like one person. There were several other people there. Uh, like, it's just... Yeah. It's insane to see. <laughs> uh, hey, Shalko, did you feel like this was one of those movies that your kids kind of wanted to talk about more? Uh, you know, they continued to think about it or I, I mean, you know, my kids are so small, the the interaction with them is a lot different, <laughs> uh, you know, but do you feel like they were still thinking about it and wanted to talk more well beyond the end of the movie or uh, are they still processing it? No, definitely. No, my my daughter really wanted to talk about it. Like she like I said she's really she's really into Kind of this world more so than my son is right now and for her you know what surprised me actually was i thought she would be really you know my, she's into the whole stem and i thought she would be really into the uh um, the sherry i guess like sherry yeah uh, yeah a character who's basically you know the female tony stark which i thought was just so awesome cool. the way they yeah. so portrayed cool. her and um i thought my daughter would really be like oh she's great she's great but instead she was like no She's like, you know, daddy, like Killmonger. He, he's, he's my favorite character. Wow. And I'm just like, and I say, well, well, explain that. And she, for her, she said, well, I can understand his motivation. I understand what, you know, what his drive was. Oh. And she said, I understand that even for him, if you look at his actions, it was because of his actions, which actually got, you know, which taken the Wakandians, which, you know, had taken Black Panther out of kind of like the darkness, mm -hmm. you know, uh, for, for lack of a better term, you know, they, they started to embrace <laughs> the world. And they did that because of, you know, mm -hmm. it's small part of for Nakia, but mainly because of what, you know, Killmonger went through and mm -hmm. what his actions were. And so she said for her, you know, she didn't even, even feel like he was kind of like the villain. You know, she felt like he was more of like an anti-hero, but he wasn't like, the villain, you know, he wasn't yeah. raining down, you know, thunder or whatever. But, you know, he, she said for her, he was kind of like, you know, he was kind of a good guy, you know? Like, and I thought that was really interesting. And what really made it interesting for me was that I understood his motivation for, you know, totally different reasons, you know, like without, you know, really going into crazy detail, it doesn't matter now. But, like, you know, as, as a black man who had been rejected by his father's family, you know, I understood that. It was like, you know, when I when I watched it on screen, I went, ooh, man, like, I, I get it. You know, I, I didn't, you know, agree with the action that he took as far as, you know, getting, you know, reclaiming his namesake. But, you know, I understood what his motivation was as well. And then even for my daughter, she said, you know, I didn't like the way he, of course, he went about it, like all the killing and everything else. But she's like, I can understand why he would have done what he did, and and I and then and it, it allowed for she and I to kind of sit and have a conversation, you know, about the African American experience in America mm -hmm. in itself, and and kind of like what you know we as black you know, or as far as I as a black man have have gone through, and and what the things that I've experienced. 
and you know within my community not even outside of the community just basically within my community mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to acceptance and being accepted and and being able to say you know i'm a part of something bigger and 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 really when you analyze it when you really look at it that's really kind of what Killmonger wanted to do. He wanted to be a part of something bigger. You know what I mean? He wanted to be something part of what his father was, you know, what his father was a part of. He wanted that. And then since he couldn't have it, you know, people say, oh, he wanted to, you know, give black people rise and all of that stuff. Well, yeah, he kind of wanted that too, but his main motivation was to burn it all down. His main motivation was to destroy it. You know, I I didn't have this, so no one else needs it anymore either. Mm -hmm. You know, and that to me was kind of like, yeah, that sucks, but man, I get it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and so, so even with, like I said, with my daughter being able, at, at, at the age of 11, being able to actually sit there, watch it and understand it and be able to analyze that. I mean, I was, I was very happy, man. I was really, you know, I felt like I was doing something right or something. <laughs> I don't know, no, you know? I agree. But uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, and I agree because I think that's the one thing I, I love about Ryan Coogler as a director is that he doesn't, when he makes his movies, he makes characters that are believable, uh, even though they might have some like crazy extreme maybe attached to it. But I love it because he also understands that there are going to be children who are probably going to watch this film. And he also knows that children aren't stupid. You know what I mean? Like he's able to create characters that you can relate to, but also be able to explain to your children later if let's say they don't get it or if they have questions. And that's what I loved about Black Panther more than anything is that the discussions that we're having as adults can be happening, but also for kids too. Because right. even though sure now the younger kids who probably have their own, um, not, not backlash. What's the word? I guess their own upbringings when it comes to, when it comes to race, but right. it won't be obviously on the same level as what we all had to go through or, right. or our grandparents or parents or whoever, but you could still and, have and that it discussion. really shouldn't be. And I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you no, off, no, go, but, no, you know, no. and then it really even shouldn't be. And, mm-hmm. But they should also understand, and, and what I try to explain to my kids is that, you know, there are things that were happening before you. You know, mm-hmm. most kids think, you know, life began when they were born. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. What I mean? like, yeah. They don't understand, you know, wait a minute, there were things that happened before you got here, you know, and there was experiences that people went through. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's why I try to really kind of take them through that. And then, you know, just kind of even getting back into the world of comics and as far as movies, what Marvel was able to do, what I applaud Marvel for and love Marvel for, was that they were able to kind of take, like I said, these characters who we all grew up with and present them in a way where they're not, they're not perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all flawed. They're all, and that's why Marvel always, for me, Marvel wins because you can pretty much see yourself in almost any of their characters that they've created. And granted, yeah, you don't have the, the strength of the Hulk, but you can see kind of like, you know, the, yourself through the things that he's gone through. You know, Tony Stark's alcoholism, you know, th- those type of things. is like, you can see it, and they're like real people. So it, for me, and, and what I've been able to experience as far as even just watching, you know, not only my kids, but other kids, is that they feel as though almost as if there's an understanding between them and these characters, you know? So with Black Panther himself, with seeing, you know, Nakia, who's, you know, just a strong will, you know, woman who's, you know, able to, to, you know, fight for herself, stand up for herself. You know, you know, she has her own opinions. She has her own motivation. 
just seeing these things and you know she's very vocal you know and, and she talks and she speaks and people listen it's a very powerful thing for a young black girl Mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. you know and to experience and and that's why and you said it earlier but that's why i try to explain to to my friends and to other people you know people of color not people of color is that representation matters thank you it really matters and you have to and, and you have to understand that and, and in some ways i feel like you know you know like non people of color that like they see themselves on screen so much oh, that man. they don't even think about it like it, it just doesn't really touch them but for us because we don't see that, because we're not experiencing that, when we do see it and we see it in a positive light, that it, it really is, is something that could, that touches you. And like you said, you know, days later, we're, we're still talking about it. Mm-hmm. We, we saw the film on Saturday and my daughter came home yesterday and she's talking about just having a conversation with her friends. And then she's telling me today her, um, her history teacher actually took a moment to have a debate around the film, you know, in the class. And and to me, that's amazing. And and that's what, you know, Black Panther gives to 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 young African Americans, just to actually young people in general. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I really appreciate the film. Yeah, I can see a lot of levels on which, you know, young people in general, there's a lot of that for them to see. And I don't know, I mean it's it's nice to think of the idea that, you know, younger generations aren't as hung up on race as even when, you know, we were kids, Shalico, and, you know, just just the way that you see them interact with other kids, I, it seems like hopefully it's a lot more accepting. So, you know, the fact that my son, who's, you know, half white and half Chinese, maybe he'll look at Black Panther and he'll be like, yeah, I want to I want to be like him. You know, he doesn't doesn't need to necessarily be like a character that maybe looks a little bit more like him uh, to the point you were making, you know, about Marvel in general. Yes, I did always feel like I identified better with those characters, probably because I look somewhat like Bruce Banner and Peter Parker mm-hmm. and Scott right. Summers, you know? So all of these great characters, sure, they all look like me, so it's very easy to identify with. And it's not that, look, you know, if you're not a, a white male, you can still identify with the characters, but it's not the same. You don't see that it's like you. Mm-hmm. It's more like, oh, yeah, I mean, they have real problems, you know? Oh, yeah, right. Peter Parker can't pay the rent? Okay, now I can get I That I can relate to. The genius was adding some of these multi-ethnic characters that Marvel really stepped up in the 70s. Yeah. You know, I spend a lot of time on my podcast and way too much in my private life talking about the new X-Men from 1975. And, right. you know, you got characters, you you know, he didn't stick around long, but you had Thunderbird, who was a Native American. Mm-hmm. You had Storm, who was literally an African goddess. You had a Russian, you had a German, you know, so the idea that you would just try and put all that together and it's like, yeah, well, everybody can have something to relate to. Um, but sort of bringing that up and going back to the comic books you were talking about, Tell me about this storyline where I've since researched, but I saw you post some Black Panther comics on Facebook. Uh, talk about T'Challa marrying Storm. <gasps> We're talking about this now? We are definitely talking about this now. Oh, I'm just yeah, like, tell I me more. It. I want it so bad. Well, um, basically, that was a storyline that came up with um, Reginald Hudlin. And uh, at the time... When Reginald, I don't know if we, you know who Reginald Hudlin is. He's, he's basically a Hollywood producer. He produced the film uh, Boomerang with uh, Eddie Murphy and Holly Berry. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's, you know, he's a he's a pretty prolific um, African American Hollywood producer, and, and he's a great writer. 
And he had basically taken over Black Panther, the series. And I want to say this was probably around 2006, maybe 2007. And um, what happened was he had, you know, the buzz, I guess, started to come around that, you know, that T'Challa needed a queen. He needed a queen. And I'm, I'm not exactly sure, because it was a long time ago, but I'm not exactly sure how they got together. But they started kind of um, basically sharing, uh, and maybe I guess you can chime in on this, but I think they started sharing, you know, maybe events from like their childhood and, and they just started kind of really just seeing each other a bit more because apparently they had met as children. Huh. That's, that was kind of the thing. They had met as children and then uh, were separated. And then now, now that they were kind of like, you know, you know how you find your love as you get yeah. older again, sure. yeah. you know, that type of deal. So then they just kind of found each other again and that kind of moved towards, you know, the wedding of the century or whatever. That was so crazy. Where, uh, <laughs> you know, where Black Panther marries Storm. Yeah. Which... And, it, and it was crazy because it happened during, actually it happened during um, Marvel Civil War. Um, oh wow! Okay. Yeah, it was it was actually going on during Marvel Civil War, and it was kind of the um, like a peace treaty event, you know, like when when there's an event where both sides are kind of invited mm-hmm. to, but you mm-hmm. can't fight mm-hmm. when you get there. So yeah. you know, it was like it was like a Civil War event where <laughs> so uh, you funny. know they got married, and you know Captain America was there, and then Iron Man was there, but they couldn't really get into what the, you know the issue was and everything. So it, it was yeah. pretty clever writing. I I, I was I enjoyed it. Now, the thing that I do know about it from only researching it after I, I saw the cover that you posted, uh, it, it didn't last. They uh, actually no, did not stay together. In Ooh. in real time, I guess it was like 10 years, but, you know, in comic book time, uh, that's like an instant, you know. So, But I love the idea, you know, that uh, while the king of Wakanda goes ahead and marries the African goddess, you know, I mean, right. uh, and just the just the images that I see of them together, you know, uh, yeah, there, I don't know the, what came up on Google was it's a website called arousing grammar that I don't know anything about. It's called arousing grammar. It's a, it's a, it's a comic book site and it's a very well-documented, I'll tweet out the link about the marriage parentheses and divorce of black, of black Panther and storm. And, uh, yeah, well, you know, and I just think it's great and it's got a lot of images so you can kind of see a lot of it. And, uh, and so it's kind of cool to just, I don't know, just from a comic book fan, I love stuff like that because I stopped actively reading comics right around 99, 2000. So there's a lot that's happened. I I have read the civil war comics, but it was really like the more standalone. Like I didn't read anything that crossed over here. It was just whatever a friend of mine loaned me, I was able to read. So I, I uh, somehow missed all of this, but, uh, it's, it's exciting, you know, uh, to see all that. And, you know, maybe one day we'll get a movie where we see something like that. But, you know, I'm probably in the minority here, but I actually don't want to see that. No. Well, no, well, you know, let me let me tell you. Let me explain why. Let me explain why. Because although it was interesting in the comic books, it, it, it was very interesting. But it was kind of like, to me, not that well thought out. Mm. You, you know what I mean? I'll give you that. And, and here's why I say this because it's almost as if you, they said, "Oh, hey, you know, there's a you know the black king and the black queen uh, must marry." Yeah, okay. You know, it's like Amadeus <laughs> Cho, you know, marrying yeah, like yeah. whatever you know another Asian character or something. It's like 
It's like, no, no, let's not just throw them together because of who Storm is. Now, we know, we've grown up on Storm. We know that she is a very powerful, very regal, very strong-minded, you know, woman. Oh, yeah. You know, and and she's not, you know, she's the leader of the Mm X-Men. You know, there's always been arguments and debates amongst us, you know, blurreds, I guess. Well, who's a better leader? (laughs) Cyclops or Storm, you know? Uh, So she, she always had that power. But I guess my point is, she's not the type of woman to play second fiddle to a man. No, you're right. Even if point. he's the king of Wakanda, Ugh. you know? And Why are you doing this to me? Story, <laughs> they ran into that, you know, they ran into that problem pretty early. Yeah. yeah. You know, that like, she's like, no, 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 no. Because at one point, basically Storm and, and Black Panther join like the Fantastic Four. You know, they take Sue and Reed's uh, spot. Hell yeah, they Sue do. and Reed are off like, I don't know, off planet or something. So they join the Fantastic Four. So Storm... Who is the leader of the X Men? She knows how to lead a group. You know, mm-hmm. she wants to take charge and say, "We're going to do this this way. We're going to do this that way." And of course, Black Panther, because he's Black Panther, is like, "No, we're going to do it this way. We're going to do that that way." And it was just too much clashing. Mm-hmm. That it was kind of like it's like you know you're watching your parents divorce or something, and then, oh. you know they're fighting over like Awful. who's going to like I don't know take the car out on Sunday or something. <laughs> and it's like oh, I don't want to watch this. You know, so that's why like for me. Uh. And especially because, even though I trust Marvel now, and I know now Marvel, DC, they have the X-Men, thank God. So Storm is going to be done with some, you know, with a lot more respect. I just don't want to see them together right now. I'm not, you know, I'm not looking forward to that. So Yeah, well, I think we're a long ways away from that anyway. Yeah, I'm just true. kind of excited about it. And, I just uh, want a good Storm movie. That's all I want. I'm not saying Halle Berry did a terrible job. But, I just, by the way, I, 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 I was t- I've talked about this. Apparently, uh, Shellico, you, you feel like Halle Berry was not good, right? Well, no. I mean, she's not my Storm. I'm just saying that. A lot of people don't like her, and I was like, "Oh, I thought she, I thought she was I mean, fine." She's already so. ruined my Catwoman, so I'm well, not even going to get into that's that. True. <laughs> that's true. Okay. That's, that's yeah, that's a whole other thing. Mm. But as far as Storm, real quick, really quickly, uh, for Holly Berry, it wasn't her fault. Yeah, thank uh, you. She was written poorly, very poorly. Uh, she yeah, did horrible, horrible. Remember the first movie? You know, no, you don't know say the frog line. Like get electrocuted or something. No, like, don't oh, say God. it. Like it was just, just that that, really, really that was bad. pretty bad. That line well, really hurts bad. me so what, much. What I liked, uh, I think that X Men Apocalypse is incredibly flawed, but I love Ugh, Mohawk yes. leather my jacket storm. Loves, my husband yeah. loves that movie. That is not a great movie. It's but not a great that's, movie. But he loves that's it. the storm that I love is that is the most because when I started reading comics. It was that storm. And by the way, you're talking about what a strong character storm was. Storm was the leader of the X-Men at a period of time when she had lost her powers mm-hmm. and right. they, you know, she eventually got them back, but she's just like, Oh yeah, no, it's fine. I don't need that. Yeah, I, I, I can fight. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to control the weather. And, uh, <laughs> that's, and that's the period of time where I was reading, like I'd been reading comics for less than a year when storm lost her powers. So, uh, you know, that's really who I identify with uh, when I think of storm. So maybe we will get to see her, uh, treated better. Better. You know, and look, that's kind of the thing that we can start to talk about as we wind down here, sort of the the impact of Black Panther, you know, look, it made a ton of money. And unfortunately, that's what's going to motivate these studios. Man. So they're like, right. oh, OK, so, yeah, let's do a storm movie. Uh, you know, and it's like, oh, Luke Cage is already on TV. OK, so who's left? You know, <laughs> that hurts. Well, <laughs> that's true. I mean, well, you know what? I, I thought about that, actually. I, I really did. I thought about that. And, I, and like, even if you throw DC in a mix, you know, and I know they want to do a solo cyborg movie. Mm-hmm. 
But you know, for me, they just they just I, I mean, I'm it really hurts watching the Justice League. I mean, I don't know what DC's doing. Like they just they just they're all over the place. So I'm not excited for a cyborg. Yeah, film. no, I mean, um, ultimately they which makes they me pe- sad because cyborg is. Is I don't know. I've always liked Cyborg growing up. Yeah, and it makes me sad that I, 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 w- I was talking about Cyborg with uh, the guys who are usually on the podcast with me, Will and Jeff, and how in 2018 Cyborg could be a much more fascinating character than when mm. he was first introduced because you know at that time, well, who's Cyborg going to connect with? You know, so the idea that everything is interconnected, he's a fascinating character. He didn't come off that way, and I think really no, the problem didn't. was that DC slash Warner Brothers they. Definitely panicked because they had this yeah. Zack yeah. Snyder Justice League, yeah. and then they're yeah. like, "Oh, well, why don't we turn it into a little bit of a Joss Whedon Justice League?" And you just get something that was a mess oh. that I didn't think was awful, but it it wasn't, it wasn't great, great. No. and no, you know it, it could have been great. I'll just watch Wonder Woman. Again. I'm predisposed to prefer Marvel characters, and they keep putting out these movies that just make me go, "Well, see." But that's what I'm saying uh. is that Marvel is so good. The cinematic universe is so great in how they're putting it all together and everything like that. DC, but the funny thing is. Marvel with their animated movies or animated anything is awful. So I feel like DC right. is taking over that where DC is doing great with animation, but their movies suck. Absolutely suck. Except yeah. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was great. I mean, you know, but The Gifted was great. I love The Gifted. Oh, yeah. The Gifted was great. Also, I agree. Wait, what did you like? The. No, The Gifted. Like, you know, Marvel, because DC was kind of trying to get a foothold on the television show. So you liked the. You liked the. The. The gifted TV show, Shalico. Do you guys yeah, both? I the gifted was great. I yeah. I think that it got uh-huh. really good later in the series, uh, later in the season, and you know when they introduced more characters. You know when yeah. you had the mm-hmm. the cuckoos, Esme, and all them, and you started to introduce more characters. Yeah. Uh, on Marvel TV Weekly, I get chastised for being excited that uh, the main characters ancestors were Fenris, which were characters that I'm actually very familiar with. And I'm like, this is cool. I'm glad they're incorporating this stuff, but it, it took a while. It was a slow build and it was only because they weren't sure they were going to get renewed that they're like, okay, let's step it up. So I'm optimistic for a second season, but ultimately, ultimately I was very disappointed by that show because it was like, just put the stuff in that we want that Polaris is not a great Polaris until the end mm-hmm. where you're like, all right, now we're talking. Yeah, Let's see where that goes. They're very good about so, that. So, uh, you know, I uh, look forward to kind of seeing what that does in the I mean, season that's how two. I about the Runaways. I was scared that that wasn't going to be good. I think it's actually great. I, I think Runaways was great because the kids were cast so well. Oh, God, if those kids like... if those kids weren't good, that show would have been unbearable. Oh, it would have been awful. Yes. I thought <laughs> it, it was going to be like a CW show and well, I was like, "Oh my god." I, I was afraid cuz it's like Josh Schwartz and I'm like, oh. I mean, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. And right. uh, I mean, from the pilot, I'm like, "Oh, this is good. They yeah, they did a, it right." And as a person who is a young person, um, we were talking about my age earlier Yeah, you're much younger than I am. I get yeah, it, yeah, sorry, um, <laughs> but like, uh, as a person who only has a thousand comics in her, in her <laughs> arsenal, you got time. I know, I'm, yeah. But the Runaways was a huge deal to me yes. because of the fact of one, it was a very diverse group of yeah. ones. Two, it's yeah. a young group of kids. Three, there is some LGBTQ alphabet soup happening in this in this yeah. comic which I thing. didn't know going into it so I'm yep. like whoa where'd this come from <laughs> this I, awesome. I had no problem with it but so, I was like I did not expect that yeah but like the runaway show was kind of like on the same level which we were talking about earlier yeah. with how people were upset that they cut out this lesbian scene um, in Black Panther they they put they put it 
<laughs> yeah, which I think is maybe easier to do on, well, on, yeah, TV, on TV and things like that. But it doesn't but, yeah. matter. But the fact that people are dismissing the movie because it doesn't have the scene, I'm like, my, my well, people, bring it back. That, that's not cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, for people to... See, because the thing about it is, also, as a filmmaker, um, what people don't understand sometimes is that when you're putting together a film, when you're putting together a movie, whether it's a TV show, things like that, and, and Christian, you, you understand this, there are things that need to get cut. Mm-hmm. You know, of course. You, you can shoot it, you can film it, and you, you go, you know what? This slows something, this slowing it down, or it's not really advancing the story. Yeah. And... Um, you know, and there's no disrespect to to you know my lesbian sisters, and you know, <laughs> it's just that if it's if it's not advancing the story, if it's there just to be there, you you can instantly tell, yeah. And that's really going to kind of like turn people off. Yeah, you know? I, I would rather if you're going to put it in, make it a part of the story, make mm-hmm. it something that matters, mm-hmm. not something that you want to put in just to you know appease. Yeah. I think it was it was cut for a particular reason, mm-hmm. and I, I think people should just understand and accept. It. Yeah, and, and there's ample opportunity because you know, uh, first of all, Chadwick Boseman is signed on for five movies, and it's Are not you it's not five Black Panther movies, but it's just but you know, that includes Infinity War and who knows where else he'll show up. So you know, I'm sure now they feel like they got him at a steal now mm-hmm. that the movie made 235 million dollars in the that opening four days. Oh, see, it keeps going up every time I talk about it. It turns out that it's <laughs> more money which you know again like i said that's what they're motivated by so it's like great more black panther movies um and you know look i'm excited to see more of him mm-hmm. but uh in in sort of our, our final point that we'll talk about uh before we end here is that we don't have to wait that long to see him no. because he's going to be in infinity war yep. uh Shalico, are you cautiously optimistic about infinity war or do you feel like uh this is going to be the great assemblage of all these characters in one movie Listen, I, I will admit, I'm, I'm, this is kind of a new thing for me, is that I'll admit when I'm wrong or have been wrong <laughs> or I've thought something Sure. And when I saw the, you know, the layout, the timeline, and then I knew we were going to get to Infinity War, I said, you know, Marvel must have lost their mind. Now they're doing too much, yeah. you know? And then I'm like, oh, you know, just like when they announced Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, what? Yeah, who wants to watch that? That was my thought, too. Who wants to watch Rocket Raccoon? Yeah, that was my thought before when they first announced it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, now I love it to death. You know, it's like it's crazy. So I will just say in Marvel, I trust. Okay, so (laughs) I am I am very excited about Infinity War. Um, I even just watching the films like and that's one thing, too, real quick. I I like to say, like, you can literally go back and watch these films. And get to, and, you're, and you're taking on a journey, mm-hmm. and you're being led somewhere. You're being led to the you know the mountaintop. And to me, Infinity War is kind of like you know now we're about to get to that top. And you know, Infinity War Two is going to be the top top. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, I'm excited because you know there's a you know that kid in me is thinking, okay, somehow, some way, Kevin Feige, you know, he he went to Fox and he said, give me Silver Surfer. And yeah. somehow Silver Surfer is going to show up mm. because he's very integral to the part, to, you know, to the story of the Infinity Gauntlet. The, you know, Infinity yeah, of War. course. Yeah. So you know, we have Adam Warlock about to be born. You know, we it's all coming together. I am blown away. When so I'm, I'm really you're able to add sort of your Earthbound heroes and your Interstellar yes. heroes, and uh, yes. yeah, I'm very excited for it. I don't know how they're going to fit it all in one movie. I guess they're not because it's two movies. Um, and. 
I'm afraid that like most of our phase one favorites are going to die in the first one. I don't, it's not based on anything, but I'm like, well, at some point they have to stop showing up in movies. So this might be it. But at the same time, it's not going to, that's just going to sort of amp the epic quality of the movie. But I guess yeah. we'll have to see, but not that long because it'll be soon. Well, uh, Shalico, I appreciate you uh, staying up late uh, back there on the East coast. This is uh, always great to uh, chat with you. You're at yes. SLG, the director on Twitter. And yes. I know that you also have at Dusty underscore cartridge, singular, because that's Dusty Cartridges, uh, where you, I know you do things like, uh, you know, review Black Lightning. And uh, I, I guess that's essentially like a video game entertainment sort yeah. of YouTube it, channel, it's, right? It's, it's really just more of a video yeah. game uh, kind of website mm-hmm. channel. Well, um, you know, we kind of expand outside of video games. Sure. We're, we're more now into the, like the blurred atmosphere where... <laughs> You know, we just kind of, re, you know, review that culture. And then we also talk about, like, video games, comics, TV, movies, cool. things of that nature. Uh, I have a I have a Black Panther video coming uh, coming soon. I'm actually sitting here editing it. Now. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. So, you know, yeah, you know, just just something. It's like, you know, I, I don't want to tell my age, but, you know, Chris, you know how old I am. Yeah, well, it's I... just that now, <laughs> you know, we get to really yeah. embrace this. I know. I already said how old I am, and you're not too far off from me, so it's all right. No, all. Yeah, and and th- this this will be this will put us uh, old men in perspective. Alexis Torres, you can follow on Twitter at a torres eight ninety, and the eight ninety is the month and year she was born, Shalico. And I right. said earlier oh, that when you were born, I was already in high school. So, oh, uh, yeah. So but uh, that's great. But that's the beauty of things like comics and a movie like Black Panther is that everybody comes together. You know, Shalico's a year old daughter's talking about it mm-hmm. everybody's talking about uh, a great movie like this and i appreciate both of you taking the time to join us here on the podcast no thanks for having me and next sunday march 4th join us for our third annual Blackcast academy awards after show live at 10 p.m pacific on the Blackcast youtube channel where it will be archived after the fact for those of you who don't want to stay up past 1 a.m. Eastern Time. It'll also be posted immediately afterwards as next week's audio-only Blackcast. And we'll be joined by our friend Christian Toto. We'll recap the 90th Academy Awards, the films themselves, and everything surrounding that night. That's next Sunday, March 4th, 10 Pacific, Blackcast YouTube channel, or just wait for the audio version. And that's all we've got for this installment of the Blackcast. For me, I'm at Christian DMZ. You can follow at Blackcast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T, the Blackcast on Facebook. Go ahead and give us the old thumbs up and Blackcast.com. One more time, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T.com. We will see you next time on the Blackcast. <laughs>